Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Respectfully Disagree. So this is the last installment in our first theme, uh, which is feminist blockbusters, where we're discussing films which became huge commercial hits and how they have impacted the discourse. Um, for this last episode, we thought we'd do something slightly different. Instead of talking about just one particular film, we'll talk about one genre within feminist blockbusters, which has been a huge hit, and that is the feminist revenge drama, right? It's a trope that we've seen play out in many, many different ways and different forms. So we thought we, we could actually sit together and discuss it the multiple times it's doled out a blockbuster and how it has evolved, right? Again, this is just uh, an episode with just Ruata and me chatting. So to start off with, let's ask ourselves, um, what comes to our mind when we say, feminist revenge drama. Do we enjoy these films? This is Shrishti, your host, by the way. Hi, this is Rueta. I have mixed feelings about it. They can be quite cathartic if they don't end in some kind of a valorization of this woman portraying them as completely healed now that they have taken revenge. But the revenge itself, I don't have a problem with. I think as someone who doesn't express anger very overtly, like it's interesting that I find revenge dramas very interest, like very exciting because there's that whole, that, that's the whole idea of revenge also, right? When it's feminist revenge, because it's often not the conventional idea of like beating somebody up and blah, 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 but it's very like calm and cool and plotted out. Or even if you are like kill billing your way through it, there's a certain kind of tact to it, which I find very exciting and and uh, quite relatable. But you know, um, I also completely resonate with that. I mean, the point about being someone who doesn't express anger, but it's almost like the revenge drama is a vehicle for unexpressed anger, even among viewers. Um, but you know, when it comes to the rape revenge drama specifically, I just feel uncomfortable still because of the fact that very often the actual sexual assault itself is very explicitly depicted and I and I wonder about the ethics of that, not only in terms of, um, yeah, like reproducing violence gratuitously, but also does it, what does it do in service of the revenge plot? Um, and then it's kind of justifying the revenge by showing the extent of the violence but sometimes you don't need to do that because the anger has always been simmering um so that's the issue i have with rape revenge dramas in particular i now think that probably uh, there's nothing wrong with depicting overt scenes of sexual violence on screen um if it serves the story in a way that makes sense. I think the bigger problem for me though is that why is, why is a rape something which like either it's your own rape or it's your sister's rape or it's some little child. There's also that trope of the little child who gets assaulted and so the heroine is very outraged. So why is that something which is, which is driving her to take revenge is that's what really annoys me about um, the rape revenge films. Um, I mean, that being said, I love some of the films from the 70s. So, okay, so should we, on that note, let's go straight into talking about the movies and this genre and the various forms it's taken over the years. Um, and I think even before we discuss the rape-revenge drama in 
Bollywood um, and you know the movies of the 70s and the 80s it becomes important to discuss Kill Bill which is almost I think the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of this feminist revenge genre because it's become such a popular uh, reference point like a pop culture reference point that just doesn't die down so um, what did you make of that film when you first watched it how do you look back at it now um is it a potent like does it feel cathartic and do that thing that both of us seem to like feminist revenge dramas for or is it like a classic example of um a man telling a woman's story slash looking inside from outside the room in a bad way you know i have a confession here i have not seen the kill bill franchise for a reason which is that it always felt off putting it it felt to me like a like an action franchise it it felt like a bunch of action movies um and just the fact that it was a woman doing the action parts was not enough to successfully convince me to watch any of these things and i think that's something that's at the heart of a lot of criticism about revenge plots right like um about how, whether they're feminist or not because the revenge plot is also seen from a very masculine lens where the the only way in which revenge can be enacted is through the same kind of violence that is inflicted um and then and the enactment of that revenge is like is like magnified 10 15 fold in kill bill which is what makes it feel like some kind of a like a woman slasher flick version of the fast and furious i don't know so i've never even felt like watching it so yeah i don't know what do you, what did you think i don't know i could be wrong because obviously i haven't watched it maybe if i do watch it i'll see something else but i wonder if you saw something else when you were watching it oh so when i did finally watch it i must have been like 17 or 18 and i have to say i really i really enjoyed it because i found it very gripping i found it very uh it was just very well done action sequences and very engaging to watch you know what i mean but as far as the story is concerned i didn't i didn't think there was much of a story you know so the fact that it would be seen as some kind of a feminist revenge film or like cool because there's a woman beating men up instead of not whatever is weird to me because i feel like that's not even a prominent part of the storytelling in the film in any way yeah and you know there's a sim- like couple of years later uh maybe a decade there was mad max fury road which is a which is a film that i have seen and i was so bored out of my mind with that movie <laughs> although because again it was like it it had similar like it was dancing around similar themes it had it had like a female protagonist who underwent like like sexual assault and was avenging that experience but none of that stuck because it just felt like and i really didn't understand the critical praise for that movie because it just felt like an overwhelming um like psychosomatic experience of just like elect electric guitar riffs and just like speed and and like dirt roads and fast video game sort of landscapes 
so all of that stuff felt again like super masculine in a way which did not make the actual thing itself resonate with me at all um and i guess that goes to show it matters who is handling a story and you know like the swaddle published a really interesting piece in august 2019 by pooja das sarkar uh which did which resonated a lot also with people back then which was about portrayals of female revenge in pop culture simply mirror toxic male violence um and kill bill is the cover uh for that you know cover image for that story because um i think the idea was also that a lot of these films don't really explore um, it from a feminist perspective but more like overlaying um tropes of what revenge looks like in male movies and like action movies and thrillers onto and just saying it's feminist because it's uh, a woman who's doing these things or like using certain kinds of language um and she'd also put a lot of other films in that category right so there was also rekha from khoon bhari maang which is a classic revenge drama from the 80s you know and uh डिम्पल का पारियान जख्मी औरत अनुष्का शर्मा एन एच टेन एंड श्रीदेवी इन मॉम एंड इन कॉन्ट्रास्ट यू नो शीज एक्चुअली कम्पेयर टू अदर फिल्म एंड सीरीज एंड वन ऑफ दैम इज इंटरेस्टिंगली बिग लिटल लाइज एंड यू नो टॉकिंग अबाउट हाउ सम लाइक सिमिलर आइडियाज आर डिपिक्टेड इन अ वेरी डिफरेंट वे लाइक इवन द आइडिया ऑफ हाउ द वुमेन डील विद वायलेंस इन दैट इन दैट सीरीज एंड फैक्ट दैट Celeste and Jane are uh victims of of uh, assault by the same man in very different ways how they deal with it the psychological impact of it how they deal with raising sons who are fathered by that man i think that's what that's what's interesting so i feel like actually some of these films which are clubbed as feminist revenge films i don't even look at it that way because they're not actually in terms of how they explored you know yeah and i'm i completely forgot about big little lies which is like so sad because i have to say when i watched that the the finale of the first season was actually like it it made me tear up because of that scene where there's like recognition on both their faces when they mo- realize at the same moment that this is the same man and then they all push him off like that's that's like cathartic without being gratuitous and it also shows like this really like powerful moment of solidarity between like among survivors which which i think is what really sets that apart from like the typical revenge drama because it is a police procedural we know that someone has been killed and i'm not sure if i'm remembering this correctly but that is interspersed across all the 10 episodes but it's in the end when we know who actually did it so in that sense it still is like interesting for the violence that has taken place in the end but that's not what it's about which is what really yeah i really like about that yeah 100% i mean i think that is that is very interesting and that is what we turn to and that brings us to another very iconic movie which the feminist revenge drama is associated with and that is gone girl which is the david fincher directed film which is based on the book by jillian flynn and she's also written the um screenplay 
So what did you think of that film and how do you look back at it? In a previous episode uh, of RD where we spoke about Pick Me Girls, we did kind of go over part of the cool girl monologue and discuss a bit of that in detail. But yeah, just curious about how do you look, at, look back at this one now? You know, I feel like that movie was way ahead of its time. It could have come out today and it would have been just as impactful and just as paradigm shifting as it was back then because of how meta it was and how it represented this thing of uh, deconstructing the cool girl like we spoke about and then also killing that stereotype, like that archetype. It's um, showing this really morally questionable character, basically arguably a psychopath um, without redeeming them. It's locating that anger in a very specific socio-cultural broader trope that we've all been trapped by. And it's also a revenge plot. Um, for the bad things that happened to this person. There's just so many layers to unpack over there that I feel like, like, I don't think there can ever be a movie like this again. And there hasn't been. Yeah, it's so interesting, Rhoda, you know, that I feel just the opposite way about this. Um, because um, when I recently revisited the film, I just felt like um, Rosamund Pike's character, like the lead character in the film is shown to be psychopathic and like crazy and like you know but if it's meant to be like a critique of heterosexuality and how the institution plays out I feel like Ben Affleck's character is not similarly indicted at all and it could come across like another reading of the film is that she's completely crazy which she is and he is like this guy who all of this is happening to who's just like a regular asshole who doesn't like, you know, he's 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 just Ken and she's the psychotic Barbie. Like, other than the cool girl monologue taken out of context, I feel the rest of it doesn't match up to a very interesting critique of the institution of heterosexuality in a way that's even something like scenes from a marriage or marriage story. I'd say even those Noah Baumbach's marriage story, even those films stand. Yeah, but that's what I love about this because she's insane and it doesn't take like a rape or a very horrible like life altering crime to take place for her to snap and become crazy but but it's actually the everyday small 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 things that stack up on top of each other and until she snaps and it's i feel like that is more of an indictment of like heteropatriarchy and like the mundanity of marriage in general in a heterosexual setting because of how boring it gets and how how that boredom and frustration can can be like such a violent storm within but you are you're not allowed to like express anything about that and just things about you know like neglect and desirability and all of these things um are are facets of everyday sort of relationships and like more commonly, more often than not, a lot of heterosexual relationships have everything that these two had. But who even gets to protest in that insane way? <laughs> and and the way the indictment of heterosexuality for me was actually more potent because 
in the end it's just saying that there's no making a heterosexual marriage equal you can only get your man back by doing an insane stunt like this and then you gain the upper hand but somebody always will have the upper hand in a marriage like this is is what i found like hilarious and funny and also deeply cynical in a in a way that i appreciated about <laughs> about this yeah that's that's really interesting yeah i mean it's it's fun to look at the reading like i see i see where your reading comes from and that also that also makes sense to me um do you think that the i mean like you know we discussed how the 80s and uh the women's autonomous movement as it was known impacted bollywood um would you say there's been like a similar impact on the feminist revenge genre with me too um and the kind of stories that we've been seeing commissioned and greenlit and like put out post me too with the feminist revenge genre yeah absolutely and like the the film the film that epitomizes that is promising young woman there have been like reams and reams of pages dedicated to analyzing this film as a post me too movie as a revenge plot as a subversion of the revenge plot as a continuation of the revenge plot no one can make up their mind about what this movie is and the fact that it came out post me too is what like the the background context is what is important in the reading of this film unlike unlike with stuff that came before me too where it was like you know rape is something that has always happened and revenge is something that we've always felt like doing but then what is this particular film saying about sexual violence and the power dynamic and and also the question of justice which i found really interesting um because no other film before this has tackled the question of what is actually a just ending to this story and this one has a very cynical take on that again which as a perpetually cynical person <laughs> i i appreciate it again but i don't know i'm curious to know what you think about that movie unfortunately i haven't seen this particular film but uh heard a lot about it been meaning to get to it um and i and i do think that you see this kind of change in storytelling for sure like i mean we all know there's been an impact of me too in terms of the kind of stories that are now being told um i also think that the idea of revenge has become a little more complicated so like you know you point out how this film questions what does justice even mean um i mean i feel like the same kind of question is also asked by a movie like bombshell which i think has a heroine who's not exactly very likable right and it's set in a fox news office so there's the politics of that space and how people um jess kate mckinnon's character in particular like navigate the politics of a space like fox news then what does being um harassed and marginalized there mean then like the patterns that get drawn out um and you know the fact that um the person who's who this was based on like maiden kelly herself was unhappy with with how a lot of the film was portrayed and they did a whole round table on that so i mean i i i do feel like it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting question of what does justice even look like and it complicates the idea of um how sexual harassment actually plays into our ideas of power victimization and and what we want out of 
justice, right? In terms of, are we looking for individual redressal? Are we looking for collective change? What does that individual redressal look like? Does it actually tie in with collective progressive politics or not? So, and, and that's why I think for me, the most interesting explorations of feminist revenge happen in stories and, and dramas and movies which are not even looked at as feminist revenge, quote unquote, right? Like, I mean, we've, we've had Beyond Bahus. I feel like this is a very self-referential episode, but we've had Beyond Bahus, which um, Aditi is directed from our team and Bhavna's produced and which I, I have absolutely loved, which is a documentary film looking at Indian TV soaps. And there, Shohini Ghosh, uh, raises this really interesting point about how one of the big things is the idea of revenge in an Indian TV drama, right? Like you have the Nagin taking revenge for the wrong that was done to either her lover or her parents, I forget. Or like there's this huge long, in, in all of the things, there's like I will fight back and I will in domestic, in long drawn domestic politics. Um, and I think it's so interesting that so many soap operas deal with this theme of revenge in such a detailed way because then I was thinking about it oh even Desperate Housewives has a lot of a lot about like revenge and you know feeling wronged and like taking whatever uh, avenging that and and so I feel like the spaces where they come up in is interesting where they're not even labeled as quote-unquote feminist revenge but it probably comes from the same place right and it's fulfilling the same needs and is actually a blockbuster which is never seen as a blockbuster hit, even though it is really. Yeah, and you know, that brings this brings up this interesting division um, where where this like TV soaps like Nagin and Khun Bari Mag and, and even even like a Gone Girl or or like the more acclaimed quote unquote uh, feminist revenge dramas fall actually in the same category on one side because they essentially represent a revenge fantasy you can't actually do that in real life like the experience of revenge is is a fantasy that's like cathartic for a person watching it that's on the one hand and then with something like promising young woman it introduces this other side of the binary where revenge is not a fantasy but it's actually questioning the idea of the experience of revenge itself because in the film Cassie, played by Carrie Mulligan, um, is this character who is essentially avenging her best friend's death by suicide, which took place after she was gang raped in med school. Um, so what, how she does that is she goes and she pretends to be drunk with men that she meets in bars. And then when, she, when they're about to um, do something without her consent, she, she snaps out of it and makes them realize that whatever. And these are, there are these micro acts of revenge, but actually the whole thing is hollowing her out from the inside because her whole life is just about revenge now. She, she doesn't, she's dropped out of med school. She still lives with her parents. She doesn't have a like stable job. Um, she doesn't have a stable income because all she does is take revenge. Spoiler alert. And ultimately that ends in her own death and the revenge comes after her death because she somehow orchestrated something anticipating that she will die um, where, where the revenge came from beyond the grave or whatever. But, but that's such a cynical and sad, bleak, but also arguably realistic uh, look at the idea of 
revenge against rape because rape, revenge is actually pretty like hollowing and it doesn't undo the harm that has been caused and clearly because when we're saying that she dies at the end the harm is irreversible there even if the revenge has been accomplished so and this was a point that was made in a really nice new yorker article by carmen maria machado who's an author and she talks about this thing about revenge not being self actualizing and not being the cathartic thing that we wanted to be in real life but you know that that's also another interesting question that that came to mind which is that whose revenge does like when we say something is a feminist revenge film what do we mean and whose revenge do feminist revenge films even center um what do you think do you think it's a very like um elite idea of what revenge and justice even looks like is it is it about like women like you and me and how we individually feel very frustrated and very um i mean as an aside i've been thinking about is is the reason that we're so frustrated by even engaging with collective justice is because even the narratives of feminism with girl boss revenge everything are so individualized and rooted in you know the urban elite women's experiences i don't know if this is taking us on a different tangent but <laughs> no but no and that makes sense because i do think that's an important point because a lot of the protagonists if it's if it's like an english film it's like they're white says head women if it's um like a bollywood film they're presumably upper caste um and privileged in some way or another and they are the ones who get to take revenge more often than not the one time that they have that anybody has tried to center someone as equally agentic in their revenge was the was the bulan devi bi- uh, biopic which was horrible because it backfired it completely otherized her as a bahujan woman experiencing violence that is not individualistic and her reaction to it was also not like an individual response to it but but that film was widely panned and widely criticized for the way it treated like sexual violence firstly and also just the larger question of what is it trying to say and also it's about a real person um and and what does that mean then for the person and the community um so i i guess that contrast does also bring this out starkly the fact that a lot of the prevent dramas are individualistic because they can afford to be because the protagonists are privileged in that sense yeah it's so interesting that you say that right roda because i feel somewhere our current films have also not evolved right from those ideas of revenge and um because if you're looking at the current landscape of indian otts and uh, mainstream film industry you will have films like a uh, darlings right like uh, with alia bhat in the lead and directed by jasmeet kareen um which which is a very out and out feminist revenge film right like which is looking at domestic violence a, a very elongated 
revenge against that. But I think again, at least I felt it plays on similar tropes of like, of course, spoiler alert, what pushes you over the edge is when you lose, when this man makes you lose a child. Even then at the end, you wouldn't want him to die, but he dies accidentally because you have to be likable enough for that to happen. Yeah, and also like, what they're taking revenge against because again a lot what a lot of these have in common is treating gender-based violence as as emanating from a few bad apples um and not looking at it as a systemic culture of violence and it's interesting because in all the way back in 2006 the the film provoked starring Ashwarya Rai was a film which kind of had a little more nuance about this because it was it, it explored, it was based on, loosely based on a true story of a woman who accidentally killed her abusive husband. And the film was also, like it also touched upon the legal difficulties afterwards, like how culpable is this person for her husband's death and, and all of the legal bureaucratic machinery that comes into play once revenge quote-unquote actually happens or something even looking like revenge happens in real life because the problem doesn't just end with that individual the problem is everything else also um so it's almost like in a way we've moved back to a more simplistic black and white understand of understanding of this rather than forward from from those and so like what you said about how the 80s films are also are like much more interesting to you like I think I agree with that because now it's um I I don't expect films to be having that kind of nuance and Bulbul is another example for me which did not work because it was again a very simplistic men do bad things and a woman is going after those few men who do the bad things, but otherwise it's fine, um, which just doesn't hold up anymore. 100%. So I guess, you know, as we sort of come to the end of the episode, what we're really saying is perhaps that revenge as an idea and a theme is really interesting. And a film doesn't have to be packaged as a woman-led revenge film for it to be interesting, but sometimes much more interesting feminist ideas of revenge come from different places uh, and maybe that's what we need more explorations of and and how does revenge relate to individual catharsis for sure but also I guess collective ideas of justice and what we're seeking when we seek revenge this podcast is brought to you by TS Studios the production company that brings the Swaddle's creative point of view to original podcasts and films 